Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch Chop Retrofit. Holy shit. Between Christmas and, and quarantine, I feel like I haven't seen you guys in like a month. It feels right? like a long time. But this is not a reunited podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Season 8, Episode 8 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs... Like us. ...decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is... Trav Dimmick, a.k.a. Travid19, oh my god, oh, wow. aka Make Travis Great Again. Holy, oh. Matta, Matta, <laughs> Matga, <laughs> and I'm joined as always here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, Ald Lang Sean, aka New Year's Resolution, aka Watching the Balls Drop, <laughs> and we are also. <laughs> Excited, extremely excited to welcome back to the show, Chop Shop Regulator, New Chelsea Celebration, What a Chell of a Night. Woo! <laughs> Further description of the show, the tagline says, watch Chop Retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Quick disclaimer, we're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture... Out with the old, in with the new. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we succeed. And do you guys hear some fireworks? That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Attention class! John LeCure's real name was David John Moore Cornwell. Lordy, there was a Scott Stapp sex tape, but he insists that there was no sex on it. Just BJ's. Side note, I cannot believe that I had to Google Scott Stapp sex tape. Anyway, Kevin Nash was known as Diesel when he was in the former WWF, and as Kevin Nash when he was with WCW and TNA. Giggity! The main character in Stand and Deliver is Jaime, not Jamie Escalante. Ay Dios mío! That's it, y'all. Class dismissed. All right. Thank you, Dana, for that. And I can assure you that we are all on some sort of list for our Google searches just for this show alone. And that will close the doors on the Department of Correction for this week. And now it's time for the theme of the episode. Uh, today's a little bit different format than we usually do yep. uh, because this episode is going to kind of serve as a year in review slash fuck you to the tire fire that was the year 2020. So we are going to get to our top 20 films of the year, each of us. And there's also going to be a special surprise in the second act. Uh, but first, does anybody want to take a moment to give a proper send off to the year? Yeah. So what, any words? Uh, fuck you. And Chelsea, I think that what you were just telling us about what your mom said in the hospital would be yeah. a good send off. Can you repeat that? Um, she's, she was talking about this lady that she named lovingly Nurse Bin Laden uh -huh. and called her a stupid goat fucker. Damn. Yeah. Well, uh, to paraphrase Clark Griswold from the holiday classic Christmas Vacation, 
If you see 2020, I want you to look it straight in the eye. I want you to tell it what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. <laughs> Hallelujah. Holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> All right. And that also applies to Mitch McConnell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's time for our top 20 films of 2020. Uh, in no particular order. Well, mine are in order of release date. And Sean, yours are? I've loosely ranked mine okay. by preference. Now, of course, we always preface this every year by saying this is not a comprehensive list of the 2020 films. These are just the ones that we've seen. And liked. Uh, we are not professionals. Therefore, we don't have access to every movie that is available. If anybody would like to give us money for this, though, we would happily become professionals. Um, before we get to that, uh, what is this beer that we're drinking? Sir? All right, so we're kicking things off with a uh, Alpha Abstraction Double IPA uh -huh. uh, from Wild Leap Brewing in Lagrange, Georgia. Okay, and this is uh, number fourteen in their series. They always change up the hops. This is double dry hopped with Talus hops. This is a new one for me. I have not had this hop before. That's really tasty. I like it. Sean, what is your first movie? Okay, so this movie just came out the other day, and it is my top movie of 2020. Okay. And it is uh, starring Frances McDormand, uh -huh. and it is called Nomadland. I really liked it. It didn't quite make it onto my list, but Ooh. I think you saw my review. I had pretty much already had my list set I see. Uh, by the time I watched it. But you saw my review. I think that it was a beautiful film and a mosaic of a modern Americana. And also that besides the, a few of the lead actors, everybody else seemed like they were just regular people that she met along the road. My review was, um, not all who wander are lost, but they all have reasons for doing so. In a year that chewed up and spit out so many, this is easily one of the best of 2020. I liked it. I thought it was a really good slice of life kind of film. My order is by release date. So this was the earliest in the movies on my list. Uh, it's called Vivarium. It was directed by Lorcan Finnegan, and it stars, Chelsea, your favorite, Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> a young woman and her fiance are in search of a perfect starter home. After following a mysterious real estate agent to a new housing development, the couple finds themselves trapped in a maze of identical houses and forced to raise an otherworldly child. Uh, it was weird, but I liked it. That movie creeped me the fuck out. It was creepy as hell, wasn't it? All right, Sean, what's your next one? Uh, this is my second second favorite film of the year. This was uh, a Brandon Cronenberg film called Possessor. This is the son of David Cronenberg. Yes. And it stars uh, uh, Andrea Riseborough and Christopher Abbott, also featuring Jennifer Jason Leigh and Sean Bean uh, in this very strange reality where they're corporate assassins who kind of skin ride the people that they're trying yeah. to kill. And commit suicide, and uh, this one operative, things kind of go horribly wrong with one of her targets, and they begin competing for the rented space of one's body. And uh, true to Cronenberg form, it has the body horror uh, yes. that you've come to expect. And the new I've, flesh. And I have not seen uh, the uncut version that has just recently come out. Nor have I. Uh, but they I'm say probably it, not going to. They I know you guys were uh, higher on this movie than I was. <laughs> and it was originally on my list, but it got bumped. My next one is 
probably, if I had to pick one, my favorite movie of the year, and that's Palm Springs. Uh, we've talked about it at length, but I think that it's safe at this point to kind of give a breakdown of what's going on. Yeah, I think? I think it's pretty safe. When carefree Niles and reluctant maid of honor Sarah have a chance encounter at a Palm Springs wedding, things get complicated as they are unable to escape the venue themselves or each other. That doesn't give too much away. Um, maybe my review did, though. What did I say? A spiritual sequel to Groundhog Day? Andy Samberg is charming as usual. Krista Milotti is a delight, plus a Dale Dickey sighting. Uh, next for you? I'm checking in never, rarely, sometimes, always. I think I checked this in in the uh, movie Marathon. Yes. Last episode, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you did, because I've been trying to find it. Uh, yeah, this is about uh, two teenage girls in rural Pennsylvania who travel to New York City to seek out an abortion. And uh, it's heavy It's heavy material. And it's one of those where, I, I, as I said before, when I was watching it, I was like, okay, you know, this is just, you know, kind of low-key kind of movie. But after I finished watching it, it really stuck with me. And there are certain things in the film that just keep eating away at my brain. Gotcha. So it's one of those. One of those that sticks with you. Absolutely. My next one is Wendy. It is a reimagining of the classic Peter Pan narrative, but this time from the point of view of Wendy Darling. And as I was watching it, it had this certain quality. And I was like, this reminds me of something. It reminds me of the Beasts of the Southern Wild or Beasts of the Southern Wild. And I went and looked, and it's the same director, uh, Ben Zeitlin, B-E-N-H-Z-E-I-T-L-I-N. Have either of you seen that? We both saw yeah, it. we both saw it. Okay. We didn't like it as much as you, you did. You didn't like it. Okay. It did not, not make my all. top 20 list. And uh, next for you, Sean. Um, the next few in this list are kind of jumbled together in terms of ranking. So I'm going to go with one of the ones that most people have heard of, and that is Mank, directed by David Fincher. Uh, we've all talked about this recently very as recently. being a very, mm-hmm. a very slow-paced, dialogue-heavy film, but it visually has... visually beautiful, musically beautiful, uh, and extremely well acted. It's about you know Herman J. Mankiewicz, the guy who wrote uh, uh, Citizen Kane, right? And then of course it's starring Gary Oldman in the title role with Amanda Seyfried, Amanda Seyfried, Seyfried, <laughs> and Lily Collins. Uh, Tom Pelfrey and uh, a slew of other people, Tuppence Middleton. Uh, just, I liked it a lot. I know you guys were less on it than I was. And yeah. um, Amanda Sigmund Freud, her uh, performance in that was really good, considering yeah. like some of her past work. And she looked a lot like the actual mistress of Hearst. Yes. All right. My next one is called Uncorked. Directed by Pentance, excuse me, Prentice Penny. Prentice Penny. Um, it's about a man named Elijah who dreams of becoming a master sommelier, um, but his father, played by Courtney B. Vance, uh, wants him has the expectation for him to take over the family barbecue business. And it stars uh, a newcomer, at least to me, who I first saw on the TV show Cake on Hulu. His name is Mamudu Athi. Mamudu Athi as Al, as Elijah. I like I, this one a lot. Uh, it was towards the end of my top 20 list, but it's definitely there. I enjoyed it. Right on. And uh, for anybody who's familiar with the city of Memphis, Tennessee, yes. it really has that uh, that flavor of, te- of, of Memphis. And yeah. I, I really liked it a lot. Next. Okay. This one is a very um, rare dramatic performance from David Cross. And it's called The Dark Divide. And it's about a shy butterfly expert who embarks on a dangerous, life-changing trek 
through one of America's greatest unprotected wildlands at the urging of his dying wife. And his dying wife is played by Deborah Messing. Uh, based on true events, David Cross plays a woo, lepidopterologist who hikes solo from Mount Rainier to the Columbia River Gorge in Oregon. He's trying to document a new subspecies of butterflies slash moths and get over the passing of his wife. Next up, Sean. Um, I'm going to check in. Oh, check in. Listen to me. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with uh, Promising Young Woman. The oh, yeah. directorial debut of Emerald Fennell. It's kind of a uh, American psycho for the Me Too movement. Yeah, um, I could see that. You've, you've got a young lady who's been deeply affected by some sort of sexual trauma, and uh, she's kind of taking it out on predatory men. Okay. Yeah, and, I think that's leaving it vague. And enough. that's all you need yeah. to know. It's a dark comedy. I thought it was great to see Bo Burnham in a main role. A less than squeaky clean role, too. Yes. And especially, um, well, some of his early, some of his early standup isn't isn't squeaky clean either. Uh, but his movie last year, Eighth Grade, his mm -hmm. directorial debut was fantastic as well. Uh, I've got The King of Staten Island next, the new Pete Davidson movie, um, directed by Judd Apatow. Scott has been a case of Arrested Development ever since his firefighter father died when he was seven. He's now reached his mid twenties, having achieved little chasing a dream of becoming a tattoo artist that seems far out of reach. As his ambitious younger sister heads off to college, Scott is living. Scott is still living with his exhausted ER nurse mother, uh, so on and so forth. I think that there was mixed, mixed feelings about this one. Um, I liked it. I was chuckling a little bit while I was talking about, or while I was reading the description, because I remembered that he practices tattooing on the neighborhood kids. And did you guys see King of Staten Island? No. I did. And? I liked it. Um, I don't think I liked it as much as right. you. You probably liked it better than you expected to. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I was, was apprehensive to watch it because it was, what, like a little over two hours? Yeah. Sean. I'm going with Kajillionaire. Kajillionaire. This is, um, speaking of the state of Arrested Development, this is um, the girl. Evan Rachel Wood. Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah, tell me more about Almost it. Almost unrecognizable. She is the daughter of two con artists. Yes. Played by Richard Jenkins and uh, Deborah Winger. And she's just been trained up in the world of living on the fringe and grifting and getting yes. by without actually trying. And uh, she's practically unrecognizable. Yeah. I even called her Jason Muse in my review <laughs> because that's who she affected. Yeah. She, she walked yeah, like a dude. Point. She was very, uh, very androgynous. Well, because she was so sheltered by her con yeah. artist family yeah. that she didn't have any social skills. Um, and then, of course... Uh, Gina Rodriguez is also in it, and she's just great. Yes, but um, I recommend this film. Um, it's it's just quirky enough and weird enough to make my list on a very high level. All right, next up for me is The Rental, and this is the directorial debut of Dave Franco, and it stars Dan Stevens, uh, Allison Brie. And Jeremy Allen White, who didn't we all recently recast yes. him as, <laughs> as Zach Braff? Yes. <laughs> That's pretty high on my list, too. Um, I enjoyed it, and I think he's, as I said at the time, I think he's established uh, uh -huh. a franchise. Two couples on an oceanside getaway grow suspicious that the host of their seemingly perfect rental house may be spying on them. Before long, what should have been a celebratory weekend trip turns into something far more sinister. 
Dave Franco came out swinging for his directorial debut, everything you could want from a horror-slash-thriller in a manageable 88 minutes. I love this movie. Yeah, I, I thought, thought it was it, great. It was really so fun. Good. Yeah. Is this, a, is this a new beer or is this the same one? This is a new one. This okay. is uh, uh, also from uh, the same brewery. Uh, this is Alpha Abstractions number 15. And uh, I don't have it in front of me. You've got it. But it's a different hop profile. Double dry hopped with El Dorado and something. All right. Uh, my next one is uh, Dick Johnson is Dead. Okay. I have not seen this, but it's been kind of in my queue for a while. It's a documentary. And it is a quirky, irreverent, yet touching and loving look at the inevitability of death, family loss, and preparing for any possible scenario. Yes, and and in particular, the uh, the director, um, uh, Kristen Johnson, their family has already been hit with dementia. Uh, their their mother, her mother, passed away sometime before this yes. film, and her father starting to exhibit those signs. And I'm going to leave it at that, okay? Because you kind of get taken on a, on a fun ride. You you really do. Um, subject matter is not something that. I particularly seek out. Yeah. I didn't think I would like this. And I watched it on Christmas Day and it just made my heart so happy. I loved it. So you guys would say recommend? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm joking. We're talking about our favorite movies of the year. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's just, it's odd to talk about a documentary about yes. death yes. in such laughing tones. Yes. But you have to see it to get it. Well, yeah. And I think that a lot of times it's a human response to deal with tragedy um through humor all right and so my next my next selection is an american pickle uh directed by brandon trost and starring seth rogan and seth rogan and so he plays a immigrant worker at a pickle factory who is accidentally preserved for 100 years and wakes up in modern day brooklyn he learns his only surviving relative is his great grandson a computer coder who he can't connect with. And I think we both commented on how much we loved his artisanal pickle cart. Oh, it was, it was <laughs> so Brooklyn. And all yeah. the hipsters were flocking to. Um, mm-hmm. This was on my list and it got bumped through okay. the process of elimination. It's gotcha. really one of my favorites. and Such a funny movie. Yeah, very clever. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Another fun movie. Just good time. Outstanding. Next, Sean? I'm thinking of ending things. Oh. <laughs> Is the name of the next movie. <laughs> Uh, that was my chat. I know. I stole it. Uh, this is a Charlie Kaufman film. Yeah. Um, I just recently saw it. You saw it a, a, quite some time ago. Yes. I guess probably right around the time it came out. Um, I really, really enjoyed this. I think I may have liked it more than you. Slightly, I think so. Um, it's, as Kaufman films tend to go, it's kind of bleak. It is bleak, um, but in that true Kaufman style, everything's kind of uh, a, caric- Off, a, a garish bit. caricature. Yes. Um, things are, you know, he, in the same way that dreams, time and space kind of slip and slide and, and, you know, work the way it needs to for the narrative. That's the way this film works. You've got, uh, Jesse Buckley, who was so fantastic in the Chernobyl miniseries on mm-hmm. HBO. Okay. That's where she's from. Uh-huh. You got Jesse, Meth Damon Plemons, <laughs> Tony Collette and David Thewlis. Willies. Um, it's cool. I really liked it a lot. I think Joey Poole and I are probably on the same wavelength in terms of who liked it more than you. It, um, there's, we can't say what the twist is, but there is, well, there is something that you have to wrap your head around to 
fully appreciate it. And I don't think that when I saw it the first time that I wrapped my head around. I guess it, so what, like you, what you have to know, and it's established very early on, she has her misgivings about this relationship uh -huh. that she's in. And that's what the title references. Mm -hmm. And in a, in a very Kaufman-esque kind of way, she's peering into the future through a very distorted crystal ball. Mm -hmm. And that's how I viewed this movie. Okay. Interesting. I've I've heard different interpretations. I'm like halfway through this and okay. I started it at the beginning of December. But it's <laughs> I'm just saying it's it's rough. It's, it is bleak and yes. it's hard to it's hard to go back to it. Gotcha. But. I understand. I've got Antebellum as mm -hmm. my next movie. Um directed by Gerard Bush and Christopher Renz. The description, a successful author, Veronica, finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality and must uncover the mind-bending mystery before it's too late. Starring Janelle Monet, Jenna Malone, who was great. God. And uh, Jack Houston. And also, um, ooh, this is a tough name. Uh, Precious. Gabori Sidibe. I thought, I think I read somewhere that Jenna Malone said she went back and either read or watched or maybe both uh, Gone with the Wind to channel that uh, that southern southern villain character she played. My next one is another documentary. It's My Octopus Teacher. Nice, dude. I liked this one too. Uh, yep. This is the story about uh, Craig Foster and his freediving in his native South Africa. I believe that's right. Yeah, where he encounters uh, an octopus and... Over become the, best friends. Over the course of almost an entire year, the life cycle of an octopus, he gets very close and very, not intimate, but on an intimate level, right. contact with this octopus. And uh, it's a sweet, sweet film, and it made me cry. Nice. I, I saw your review, and I want to know, how often were you eating octopus before? Um, I've had it before, yeah. but not... No, not frequently, but gotcha. I've had it. But I, like I'm never eating. But I will. Again. But I will not ever eat it again. No. Because now, will you continue watching tentacle porn? Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> as long as that is established. Uh, my next one is also a documentary. Oh kind God. of. It's a documentary slash uh, concert film. It's called American Utopia, the David yep. Byrne film. Mm -hmm. That was next on my list. Uh, directed by Spike Lee, and this one snuck up on me. Like it was already available before I even knew it was a thing. And just captivating. Of course, he is an amazing artist, mm -hmm. as we know. But this this concert, this documentary, was so perfect for this year. How did Spike Lee already make another amazing movie? Thanks for the suggestion. That was our recommendation. You're welcome. Cool. cool. You're welcome, too. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't thank you. Chelsea, do you want to chime in on anything that you saw this year? Um. So I have some movies that I'm like way late to the game okay. of seeing them. And one of them, Sean made me watch, and it was um, Superman, the Christopher Reeves one. The original Superman? I can't remember. The what, Donner, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Richard Donner. It was amazing, and it reminded me of when I saw Star Wars in the theater for the first time. Uh -huh. Like, it, it had, I don't know, I was probably like nine or 10, and I, I was like, magic is real, everything yes. is rainbows and butterflies, and I had that same feeling watching this movie. I loved it. Oh, wait till you see the sequel. I'm um, pissed I sat, like, did not see this. Richard Donner was in movie news recently. He's announced that he's going to make Lethal Weapon, whatever the next one would be, okay. and it's going to be his last film. Oh. Is it is it you next, Sean? Uh, sure. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Becky. Okay, this Yay. one got bumped. This one got bumped from mine, but I, wow. I loved it, man. I loved Lulu Wilson. She was such uh, a total badass. 
Kevin James as a very intimidating white supremacist. Uh-huh. Uh, it just had all the earmarks of a uh, suspense thriller, uh, especially when you've got a physically imposing villain and that obviously young lady as the as the heroine and using her wits and just her 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 cunning to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, very very impressive performance from Kevin James. So much out of his normal. Uh, this type happy, cast, happy yeah. Madison wheelhouse. Yep. Oh yeah. Next up for you, Sean. Um, checking in Relic. Okay, gotcha. This is the uh, Aussie flick directed by Natalie Erica James about a family, uh, grandmother, mother, daughter in a house that becomes the physical manifestation of dementia, and it's it's a kind of a spooky, creepy kind of movie. But it's also a commentary on something that's very too real for a lot of people yeah. uh, today, and that is the dementia and what it does to a family and the fear of, if my mother has it, then am I next? Right. And so, like, to me, 50% of the horror factor in that was completely realistic. Oh, yeah. The, the terrifying fear of losing one's capacity. Hey, want to know what movie I watched in 2020? What? Uh, I saw Back to the Future for the first time. Oh, wow. But here's the thing. Uh-huh. I've driven a DeLorean. No not shit. Not ever seeing this movie. And did you, were you aware of it? And, oh, yeah. I were mean, you aware I, of certainly, that the time machine was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I got, you know, a lot of the references. Did the I DeLorean looked, that you wrote in have a Mr. Fusion? I, you, no. You won't find out about that till later. I don't think so. <laughs> My next one's Wolfwalkers. This is from the um, Cartoon Saloon, same people who did The Breadwinner and Book of Kells, and it was outstanding. I wish there had been more really good animated movies this year. Uh, It seemed like it would have been the perfect year for that, but uh, I guess also that is dependent on people going to the theaters to see them, or maybe not. Maybe this year is proving that streaming is... A way to go. I did like Secret of the Kells, and yeah. I do like their style. Absolutely. It's all hand-drawn animation, which um, is a dying art. My literally. next check-in, I'm surprised it hasn't made your list, considering how early in the year it came out, and that you gave it four stars on Letterboxd. It's The Invisible Man. Huh. Yeah. Did it not... Was it not, like, late 2019? Mm-mm. 2020. 2020. Yeah, I really liked that. Yeah. I don't know why it didn't... Huh. Anyway, well, like you said, process of elimination. Yeah, Elizabeth Moss, and uh, at the time did not know it, but uh, Oliver Jackson Coe as the Invisible Man. Uh, he is in the uh, series The Haunting of Bly Manor. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, yeah, that, that, that show is fucked up. Yeah, that was pretty good. But uh, great, you know, good special effects. Agreed. Fun, you know, a good take on the, uh, on the Invisible Man story. I, I would say that it's the best modern a uh, universal Marvel movie. My next one is going to be one that I saw very recently. It's starring Mads Mikkelsen. It's called Another Round. And Mads is one of a group of five, I believe, high school instructors in Denmark who have a theory that every human being is born with a 0.05 alcohol content deficit and that they could be much better at everything they do if they closed that deficit. Of course, like things tend to do, it's a slippery slope and it escalates a lot. They start out, they're they're like, okay, we're only drinking between the hours of 5 and 7 p.m. But by the end of the movie, they're obviously, they're drinking with the students. 
Um, but it's very funny and uh, an interesting theory. My next check-in was one that I watched for the Russian movies episode. Okay. Sputnik. Sputnik. This is the sci-fi flick set in the Cold War. A Soviet spacecraft crash lands and brings along a... Little dog with a spot over his eye? No, but... Oh, that's Spuds McKenzie. No, but uh, there's, a, there's another uh, traveler that comes back with the cosmonauts. Oh. And kind of uh, has a symbiotic relationship with the surviving uh, cosmonaut. Hot. And it's creepy and it has that 80s vibe to it. And I really liked it as far as sci-fi goes. I thought it was probably one of the better science fiction films of the year. My next movie is going to be On the Rocks. And this is the most recent film from Sofia Coppola. And it stars... Now, this is not the listed uh, billing order, but I'm changing it. It stars Rashida Jones. Mm -hmm. She's the main character of the movie. But Bill Murray is more famous, so he gets top billing. Rashida Jones, Bill Murray, and Marlon Wayans. Uh, faced with sudden doubts about her marriage, a young New York mother teams up with her larger-than-life play playboy father to trail her husband, who she believes is being unfaithful. My next one is going to be The Five Bloods. Hell yeah. That's what I was referring to when I said, how did Spike Lee already make another <clears throat> amazing movie? I consider this to be like Spike Lee's version of Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Set in the, um, well, not set in the Vietnam War, but the there's flashbacks to it right and it's there there's some cool things going on in this movie it's it's low on my list though because not everything hits just right okay but there's some cool stuff because you've got the uh the four guys uh, -huh. uh going back to vietnam to recover this gold that they intentionally left behind they were charged with yes taking but they said it was it was gone they said we're going to come back we're going to get it in the name of the black movement in the name of the brothers who've been fighting for this country and have not gotten the proper recognition yes. or appreciation they deserve. So they had a kind of a righteous mission. And in the flashback sequences, all of the guys are the same age that they are in the present. Yeah. That was a really cool effect. And the only, of course the only person that was not was their lost uh, friend and compadre compadre played by Chadwick Boseman. And so that was very kind of foretelling uh, that he was playing a mm -hmm. deceased person where very shortly after that, he actually passed away. Rest yeah. in peace and rest in power. The reason I uh, compare it to a Tarantino film though, is because there is a lot of, there's a lot of death in it and it's the way the deaths happen. They're very, uh, choreographed yes. in, in a very Tarantino kind of way, which kind of was interesting because I didn't expect to see Spike Lee do that. Yeah, I don't uh, normally relate those two directors. They're both great, but for very different reasons. All right, next up for me is... Oh, another documentary. This is David Attenborough, A Life on Our Planet. And this is... And everybody's familiar with Sir David Attenborough, the voice of every environmental documentary for the past five to ten years. Uh, but this is him being like, for real, guys... Now we need to do something. We need to do something 50 years ago, but now it's do or die. Did you guys see this? I have not seen I have this. Not seen it's it. very good. My last one will be at the very bottom of my list, and it barely made it. And I just finished watching it. It was uh, First Cow. Okay. Yeah, I saw this. Directed by Kelly Reichert. And Kelly has got a, a great skill at recreating the 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 past the the olden days uh the the Oregon Trail yes. you know that 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 seems to be her bread and butter and she does a really good job of that that authentic kind of feel so much so that this was shot in a, a 
four by three format. Okay. So it yeah. wasn't widescreen. It was narrow and it had that really weird kind of like picture house kind of quality to it. Uh, it's about a, uh, a, a cook who kind of befriends a Chinese immigrant. Yep. And they kind of go out on their own and uh, seeking fortune. And uh, they start a little little side hustle. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Toby Jones is in it, um, which I always like his stuff. And uh, I don't know. It, it, it was good. It wasn't great. And uh, do you remember what I pointed out to you about the cover art? Oh, yeah, it looks just like... Uh, the Peanut Butter Falcon! Thank you. <laughs> All right, my next one is a horror movie, but it's kind of a campy horror. And I I felt like I didn't have enough horror on the list this year, so this one made it in. Uh, it's called Vampires vs. the Bronx, and I believe it's on Netflix. Uh, three gutsy kids from a rapidly gentrifying Bronx neighborhood stumble upon a sinister plot to suck all of the life from their beloved community. So the vampire, the vampires are both literal vampires, and the uh, gentrification is a metaphor, or the the sucking of the blood, the lifeblood, is a metaphor for gentrification. All right, next another documentary. This is Zappa, the Frank Zappa documentary, and I was amazed that I I wasn't aware of how much he actually composed classical music. Everybody knows him for his uh weird avant-garde yes but he actually had piles and piles like basically a warehouse full of classical compositions um that most of them will never ever hear the sound of day i'm gonna go quickly now because we're we're running a little bit long next i've got soul the uh new oh, yeah. animated I film seen that yet. me neither it's quite good directed by pete doctor and i don't want to give too much away the um, Joe Gardner is a middle school teacher with a love for jazz music. Uh, after a successful gig at the Half Note Club, something happens to him. And it was, a, it was definitely a feel-good movie in the, uh, in the vein of Inside Out. Such a sincere message of love, music, and life. I've got two more. The next one is Fat Man. And this is the movie uh, starring Mel Gibson as a disgruntled Santa Claus. And Walton Goggins as the hitman who's hired to kill him. I started watching this and I just couldn't get into it. You couldn't it. do it. Okay. I couldn't get into it. Did you start watching it after Christmas? No. Okay. Uh, I've got one more and it's one that I just saw, I believe, yesterday morning. <laughs> nothing, nothing to start your day like Hunter Hunter, which is about a fur trapper in Manitoba, Canada. Okay. Chelsea. Yay. Andrew. And Buck. Played by Devin Sawa. I don't know where I they saw you where they this. found him, but he's really good in it. He kind of looks like a gaunt Matthew McConaughey in this. And he plays a fur trapper who's living off the grid, but it's in present day with his family, his wife and his daughter. Uh, and there's this reappearance of a man-eating wolf in the area. So he he and his daughter go out to try and track the wolf. And eventually he leaves his wife and daughter behind and has to stay out for several days trying to find this wolf. And in the meantime, a mysterious injured man appears on their property. And he's played by another face from the past, Nick Stahl. Nick Stahl wow. is the mystery man. I don't know the names of the two actresses, but they were very good as well. Yeah, that, that was my... My if, last. If you don't follow Devin Sawa on Twitter, oh, you really? need to. Oh, he's got a great Twitter. Nice. I used to. I used to get. Uh, compared, oh yeah. Compared to him. Hundred percent. See it. 
Uh, all right. So that's geez, it. That's the that's, that's our favorite movies of 2020. With that, we're going to head into intermission. But not before we say, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some black eyed peas and collard greens. And I forgot cornbread, obviously. This and, is a Southern thing. I don't do that. And, well, <laughs> do you do champagne wishes and caviar dreams? Oh, hell yeah, I do. Nice. All right, Chop Shoppers, thank you for bearing with us during intermission. This is your host, Travis, and I just have one question for you, Sean. What is one way we could make our podcast more prominent? Oh, if our listeners would rate and review us on iTunes. Rate, review, and subscribe to us oh, yeah, subscribe. on iTunes. And, and, or, and, and pin your friends down and, and force them to do it. Make them go ahead and do a review. We're very under like, like, like Make it a whole pyramid scheme. Get the people under them yeah. to do it. and multiply A podsy it. scheme. Oh, I like it. Yes. You folks who are listening right now, it would be fantastic if while you're listening or right after, you don't have to stop the show. Don't stop the show. But if afterwards you could go to iTunes and give us a review or a rating, that would be awesome as well. Or on whatever uh, podcatcher app it is that you're listening to us. We're on a few of them. And also uh, be aware of our online presence. We have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash cinema chop shop. We're hosted natively online on Podbean. It's Cinema Chop Shop on Podbean. And our Twitter handle is at Cinema Chop Shop. We do a lot of stuff on there like our movie marathon where Sean consistently kicks my ass. Also, our uh, email address is cinemachopshop at gmail.com. You can email us anytime. We check it frequently. The beers that we check in after intermission, you're about to find out about some, are always checked in on untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And we are Cinema Chop Shop on there. Once again, thank you to you, the listeners. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the rest of the show. And now... On with the show. And we're back. Thank you, Chop Shoppers, for bearing with us during intermission. We have another beer check-in? We do. All right. What is it we're drinking? This is from uh, Resident Culture out of Charlotte, North Carolina. This is another double IPA. It's called Fire Walk With Me, which I guess is kind of fitting for a movie podcast. Yeah. Um, Twin Peaks. Although the Fire Walk With Me movie was not as good as the show. No, it is still part of the um, part of the canon, <laughs> the Twin Peaks canon. Uh, all right. So while we enjoy that, we're going to go ahead and do movie news. And this is where throughout the week we try and pay attention to stories that reflect the theme of our show or that our listeners might find interesting. And unfortunately, this week, we do have to start it off with a few R.I.P.'s. Um, considering that it's been two weeks since we recorded, it's only four. Um, sometimes we have more than that in a one week span, but rest in peace and rest in power to crazy Joe Clark, the New Jersey principal who inspired lean on me. He died at the age of 83 and no cause was given, but it was not our fault. I'm pretty I swear. sure it was our fault. This kind of keeps happening. And I, I want to say it's a coincidence, but several times over the past couple of years, we've talked about somebody at length on the show, 
and then they pass away right away. Not just somebody, but somebody who normally doesn't make the news. Right. And then boom. Yeah. Uh, so rest in peace and rest in power to him. Also, Don Wells, who was the beautiful Marianne on Gilligan's Island, died of COVID-19 complications at the age of 82. Really sad. And a marijuana advocate. Very nice. Um, next, Adolfo Shabadu Quinones, who was in Breakin' and Breakin' 2 Electric Boogaloo, died at the age of 65, and it was not COVID-related. Unknown, unknown what the cause was, okay. just the spokesperson made it very clear. All right. Next, uh, Joan Micklin Silver, the director of Crossing Delancey and Hester Street, has died at the age of 85 of vascular dementia, which I have no idea what it is, but it sounds terrifying. It sounds awful. Uh, so rest in peace and rest in power to all four of them. Next, there's a report that... Um, Blumpkin House. <laughs> Blumpkin House. I mean, Bloom House is eyeing David Gordon Green to direct the Exorcist sequel. Uh, now, David Gordon Green, of course, worked with Kenny Powers on the Halloween reboot recently. Uh, Danny McBride, that is. It's always so much easier for me to remember Kenny, Kenny Powers. Powers than Danny McBride. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Eh, mm-hmm. Do we need another one? We don't, but at no. least it's not a reboot. True. Uh, next, Ray Fisher, who played Cyclops yeah. in uh, the the uh, Justice, Justice League, League, has said that he will not work with DC Films President Walter Hamada. Um, and this is over his perceived lack of action about his accusations that... Joss Whedon was abusive, to say the least, to the cast members while filming Justice League. Uh, so go for it. Make a stand, man. Uh, is that is that right? Did I say something wrong? No, you said it right. I'm sure that Yamada was like, who? Well, also, <laughs> also, Hamada was not in charge of DC Films at the time that that happened, and nor did he have anybody overseeing that. I had to look up who you were talking about when you sent the article. I really did not remember him. You didn't remember Ray Fisher? No. And you're not a fan of Justice League either. I heard today that the Snyder Cut's going to be 10 episodes now. What? Yeah, they're cutting it into 10 parts. Uh, Next, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis movie casts Kevin Harrison Jr. as blues guitar legend B.B. King. Uh, Kevin Harrison Jr., also recently played Black Panther activist Fred Hampton in Aaron Sorkin's controversial The Trial of the Chicago 7. And you had a comment on <laughs> Boz Lerman's depiction of B.B. King's guitar? Yeah, his guitar Lucille. It's probably going to be bejeweled with neon lighting. <laughs> Bedazzle that shit. Uh, also, just a side note, that Elvis biopic is going to star Austin Butler, who was Tex, the member of the Manson family in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and guess who's playing the colonel? America's dad, Tom Hanks. Is this the role he shaved his head for? I don't know. Uh, Recently, was, he shaved his head for a role. Was the colonel bald? I don't yeah, know. I don't remember. Uh, then finally, Margot Robbie is producing a Barbie movie, Mattel's Barbie, starring herself. And intriguingly, she says it's going to be something totally different. Which is understandable because it's going to be written by none other none other than Greta Gerwig and Noah Bomba 
Bombach, Noah Bombach, uh, who are uh, partners in real life romantically. I'm interested in, to find out what happens here. Yeah, yeah. I Maybe they knock it out of the park. Maybe it's just going to like go. But Mattel would never sign off on something that that disparaged the Barbie legacy. Maybe it's just some weird non sequitur kind of thing where it's just, you know, off the wall and has some sort of like indie street cred or something. I don't know. I'm really curious. I don't like this beer. Me by the either. Way. You just made an awful Ooh, face. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that, <clears throat> what that uh, off flavor is called, but it's not good. Um, I don't know when it was canned. It's not diacetyl. It's the one that tastes oh. like, it was canned in November, uh, November 23rd, so hmm. it's not like it's an old can. Hmm. Um, I've had this before and remembered liking it. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's on. just a weird batch. It's I, um, weird. You know I'm not difficult to please when it comes to these <laughs> beer check-ins. No, this is not a good one. All right. that's uh, Unless you guys have anything else, that's going to wrap us up on movie news for this week. And now we're going to get into something completely different. We're going to do... A reverse recast of selections from our favorite films of 2020. Yes. And uh, so, Sean, this is you and I, right? Chelsea, yep. you're not participating. But I you, am I am not. You are uh, available for commentary. Uh, always available. So what we did is we picked one movie from our top 2020, and we're hypothetically recasting it with older actors. Since these are all brand new movies, yep. we couldn't... We couldn't recast it with contemporary actors so we went reverse which i think was kind of clever historical actors who were at the height of their, their powers. powers back then all right and i want you to go first because i'm dying okay. dying to see who you recast in this movie because this is who this is the one that i would have done had you not picked okay. it first so palm springs is the movie i selected nice and that of course is the andy samberg Kristen malati and jk simmons film that is essentially a new take on the uh groundhog day uh -huh. kind it's of deal. time loop movie they're they're stuck in the same day mm -hmm. and unlike groundhog day each character the th these three are aware that they are stuck right. in the loop and they're trying their damnedest to get out of it um well andy and Kristen, not so much as jk jk's right. kind of resigned himself to his life as to how he's going to you know, resolve this so I'm saying this in 1982. Excellent. In the role played by Andy Samberg, that was the character Niles. Mm -hmm. I am picking an actor who just recently finished his role in Tootsie. Oh, wow. <laughs> and just before it, Stripes. Oh, yeah. Caddyshack and Meatballs. Uh -huh. It's Groundhog Day himself, Bill Murray. Very nice. I had an inkling you might go with that. Um, or I thought maybe you were going to go with a young Adam Sandler, I, who I, is Andy Samberg's dad. I resisted because I knew that's where your brain would go. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, do you mean to go ahead? And go yeah, do, go through yours. Hold this. Okay. So, and then uh, Kristen Malati, uh, the character and, Sarah. And Chelsea, were you aware of his picks before we started recording today? I was. Okay, gotcha. All right. So, in this role, hot off of her uh, recent stint in uh, uh, the movie Time Bandits, as well as Popeye. <laughs> I was and, just talking about her today. And The Shining. Yes. As well as Annie Hall in 77. I went with Shelley Duvall. No, dude. <laughs> do, you, do you like Shelley Duvall? 
Um, not particularly, but... But she would be good opposite Bill Murray in this. I don't yeah. think they were ever together in a film. I don't think so either. And I do like her in comedy. She's really funny. Um, so they're doing on AMC today, they're doing a Rocky marathon. And I was just groaning over T Talia Shire's Talia Shire's performances. And I said to Michelle, I was like, I put her on a par with... Shelly Duvall. Oh, no. Shelly Duvall is so much better exactly than That's exactly what Michelle Shire. said. I was like, are you sure you're yeah. not thinking of Shelly Long? <laughs> no, no. Go go back and look at some of her films. It, she's kind of... Uh, a lot of people like like don't give her the credit because she has that, that wafy, thin yes. per, you know, persona. She was a shoe-in for that olive oil character in that terrible yeah. Popeye movie. But uh -huh. no, she, she's pretty good. Anyway. Do you um, think that um, it's true that Stanley Kubrick broke her brain? Possibly. I... Kind of Possibly. believe it. Um, all right. And then, of course, in the role of Roy, this is the adversarial Roy uh, that was at odds with Niles through the whole film, uh, played by J.K. Simmons. I went with an actor who also kind of has a distinct voice as well as a curmudgeonly kind of attitude. Uh, most recently was cast in the 1981 film Buddy Buddy, as well as 1978's Casey Shadow, as well as 76's Bad News Bears. I went with Walter Matthau. Yeah. <laughs> nice. They, and Walter Matthau's good. That that would, man, that's nearly perfect. You pay money perfect. to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like your two male picks better than your female pick, but I think that's a great lineup. All right. Well. All right. As, give me a treat. As I mentioned before, um, well, I told you before that I'm doing On the Rocks the new Sofia Coppola movie. Right. And uh, this was difficult for me um, because the the premise, the father is an aging celebrity slash former playboy. Uh, she's a down-to-earth um, married mom going through some troubles in her marriage. Um, also, I mentioned before that I changed the billing on this. Mm -hmm. I'm billing Rashida Jones first because okay. the, the movie's about her. And then Bill Murray and then Marlon Wayans. So in the role of uh, Laura, I believe is the character's name, played by Rashida Jones. Oh, when are you setting this? So it's it's a little bit vague. It's going to be somewhere mid to late 80s, okay. just based on, on the people and their ages of the pictures that I got them for. Okay. But my actress is in National Lampoon's Animal House. Uh huh. Starman, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Scrooged with Bill Murray, Karen Allen. That's who is I my thought pick. about casting for. Yeah. My Krista Milotti. What uh -huh. the hell, dude? <laughs> and uh, next, Bill Murray. This was the toughest thing for me because there is nobody else right. besides Bill Murray. Also, it was difficult to find somebody who was still acting at the age of 70 because Bill Murray uh -huh. is 70 this right, year. Right, right. Okay. Uh, so. I, I racked my brain and I just kept circling back around to an actor who was in, oh, by the way, Bill Murray's character is named Felix. Uh, he's in Ocean's Eleven, From Here to Eternity, Guys and Dolls, and The Man with the Golden Arm. I picked the chairman of the board, Frank Sinatra. Oh, nice. Oh, I like that. 80s era Frank Sinatra. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I was trying to think about that. He's a he's a kind of a crooner. He knows everybody. Everybody loves him, and he's his star is kind of fading a little bit. But he's he's estranged from his family, and that's what I did. That's funny. One of my favorite Bill Murray characters on SNL was the lounge singer. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Star Wars. Those kooky <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> uh, all right. And so one more. I've got uh, the role of Dean, played by Marlon Wayans. Uh, and I thought about Richard Pryor mm-hmm. because Marlon Wayans was in talks to play Richard Pryor in the long-awaited Richard Pryor uh, biopic. But instead, I went with... Oh, by the way, Marlon Wayans is 48 now. I went with an actor who is in uh, Contagion, Boys in the Hood, Apocalypse Now, and The Color Purple. His name is Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne you had is going to be... Apocalypse Now. My dean. All right, so... Chelsea, what are your thoughts on our recasts here? Um, I didn't see our movie, uh-huh. so I don't know if it was good. I'm sure it was. I really wish that you would have um, had the time to participate in this one, because I, I think it didn't... was such an out-of-the-norm for us. We, I we do the same format every week. This well, is the first time we really deviated from that. You, Yeah, and it was fun, and it was fun to hear his, yes. but I didn't... I just didn't watch a movie that right. I felt compelled to recast from okay. 2020. Fair enough. All right. Before we get into our final bonus segment, we've got one more beer we're going to check in, right? Yeah. And this one's recommended to me by Sam. Uh, Sam, the distributor. Sam. Oh, yes. Sam T. We're not going to give his yeah, last name. Yeah, we don't name. need to give his name. He said, he said man, you, you need to try this beer. You need to try this beer. It, it, it hits on all the notes. Uh, this is from River Dog Brewing uh, down in... Uh, Charleston. It's Beaufort. Ridgeland is where okay. it is. It's like down south. Yeah. Uh, low this is uh, the Imperial Peanut Butter Percolate. Ooh. This so should be a treat. This is your dessert beer. Um, it almost hits on all the notes in my opinion, but I'm, okay. I'm curious. So what you have had it. I had it. and uh, I usually trust his recommendations. Sam's a great guy. Uh, yeah. he. Uh, I saw him yesterday and I saw him today. I've run into him in like other towns at beer places. Like, uh, you know how when Michelle and I like to travel around, we go to a brewery or a craft beer bar and more than once we've been in a, in a place outside of Florence and Sam T is in there. He's a good fella. And, uh, he's always, he'll give you a recommendation. Uh, the distributor, the uh, distributor he works with, they wrap beer and wine. So on the rare occasion I need wine, like New Year's Eve. Yes. I'll ask him for a recommendation. And if you say my budget's 50 bucks for a bottle, he'll say, well, here's a $30 bottle that's better than any of the $50 nice. bottles we've got. I kind of like this. I do too. Um, it's just, I think that you're, what you're going to say is that it's a little bit drier than um, it should be. It's a little sweet, but I understand the latte part of it, but they fall prey to the same thing that a lot of breweries do. It's a shortcut to get the peanut butter taste. There's a bit of hazelnut essence. Oh, okay. Nutella? A little hazelnut extract to give it that. Not eating this. I wonder if anybody's ever made a Vegemite beer. Um, if they have, I'm guessing they might not be in business anymore. <laughs> um, all right. So it's time for our final bonus segment, which is going to be a battle royale between the year 2020, a bottle of MD 2020, or 2020 vision. <laughs> who, who would win? <laughs> The year 2020, Mad Dog 2020, or 2020 Vision. Well, 
All right, so 2020 vision, you know, you that would you, be really nice. 2020 in retrospect, you you, you can see things clearly. Uh-huh. Mad Dog gives you a different form of vision. Yes, that oh, will God. allow you to. My stomach hurts looking at that. Will bottle. allow you to not see 2020 <laughs> for the shit fire that it was. Oh man, and, and it's inexpensive. Yes, real 2020 vision can cost money. It mm-hmm. costs good money every year. Free for me. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Mad Dog 2020. Very nice. I'm going with that 2020 vision, but I think that they need to rename it. I think they need to call it like 4040 vision or something because yeah. just the phrase 2020 is tainted now. Oh, oh yeah. Good yes. point. They should, or maybe they call it double plus good. Double what? plus good. I love that. And, 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 and Mad Dog should rename theirs. Mad yeah. Dog Dumpster Fire. Yes. Very nice. All right. So uh, we want to wrap up. I want to thank you, Chelsea. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. I want to thank my co-host, the engineer, my co-producer, the brew boss. Anything you want to plug? Um, get tested if you think you might have been exposed to COVID. Mm-hmm. It's real easy. It's real fast. And it's not too painful. Um, you you had a rapid test, right? I got the rapid test yeah. and it was not comfortable. Oh, no. It's, it's very uncomfortable. The worst part is it makes you sneeze and then you feel awkward about sneezing while you're getting tested for COVID. Um, Michelle and I went through drive-through out at the airport and one time it took three days to get results. And one time it only took one day to get results. Um, but that's still longer than your instant Insta results. All right. Do you know what next week's episode is? Speaking of COVID pandemic movies. Yeah. It's amazing. In the past year, we haven't done this yet. Uh, so here is your pandemic movies sneak preview trivia question for this week's right answers with wrong Travis back after a brief hiatus in the 1995 pandemic film outbreak. The character of Sam Daniels played by Dustin Hoffman was originally intended for Harrison Ford. Coincidentally, coincidentally Harrison Ford's character in what film was written with Dustin Hoffman in mind. What, what year did you say? I didn't. Oh. Oh. Um. Shit. You're never going to get it. It's not a Tom Clancy, uh, clear and present danger, Mm -hmm. Patriot Games type movie. Um, Written for him. Mosquito Coast. No. Damn it. I have no idea. What Harrison Ford movie was written with Dustin Hoffman in mind? I don't know. Name a Harrison Ford movie. Any Harrison Ford Indiana movie. Jones. And the? Temple of something. The Temple I don't know. of Sorrows. The Last Crusade. Thank you. That one. Uh, no, no, Crystal that's, Skull. That's incorrect. <laughs> um, the actual answer, and you're, you would never have gotten this because it would have been fucking terrible with Dustin Hoffman. Blade Runner. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. So every once in a while, they do make a, a good casting choice. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps. We're also online on podbean.com. Just search for Cinema Chop Shop. And all the social medias. We are Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter, Facebook, and Gmail. Also on Untapped, where we check in the beers. We are Cinema Chop Shop on there as well. Finally, farewell. Thank you to you, the listeners. And don't spend your stimulus check all in one place. (laughs) And remember to watch, chop, retrofit. retrofit. And wear a mask. (laughs) Kick 2020 to the curb. (laughs)